0: Hey everybody, this is John from PureAndSimpleBible.com. Thanks for joining us once again for a podcast episode. I'm really excited to have Glenn Osborne join me once again in the studio. Uh, He's my first guest to actually record with me in the studio, so we're having a whole lot of firsts this month. In my backyard studio, and I'm I'm thankful for him, and uh, he's got a meeting at Cleburne, Texas this weekend, and so on his way to the meeting, he swung by and stepped in with me, and we we had a great conversation about diligently seeking God, and I invite you to listen along as we discuss together from Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six, the concept of diligently seeking God. I'm here with Glenn in my studio. You're my very first guest. To join me in talking about uh, the Bible here in the studio, I built in my backyard. So, yeah. thank you very much for being a what
1: opulent surroundings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with with my own two hands and the hands of twenty or thirty people, did I build this studio for the, for see. this I exact see. purpose? But yes, um, I asked you to send me three different studies or two or three studies that I could look at and then choose one for us to talk about today. And the one that caught my eye the most. Although all three of them are good, and so maybe you'll have to just come back you know, a few more times. But uh, the, the topic of diligently seeking God, and as I try to improve my life as a Christian, you know, I don't just want to be lukewarm. I want to be on fire for the Lord. And so that word diligent really did kind of stand out to me. So I've invited you here today to help me learn how to j- diligently seek Him. And uh, if I can read Hebrews 11, verse 6, uh, I'd like to start there. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he uh, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, Glenn, if you can help me understand at the beginning of this talk, what's the difference between somebody that maybe believes in God casually and somebody who diligently seeks him?
1: Well, that diligently, I believe, implies the amount of effort and the willingness we are to commit to a an in-depth uh, study or, or an in-depth a desire to not just treat God casually in our life, but if God's God, then let Him be God and, and let's get down to business, you know. I think that a lot of Christians live in this, well, is there a God or is there not a God? And to them, it's just more rational uh, view to to believe that god exists around them and he created us but they don't really have to know him but the bible tells us to seek him without faith it is impossible to please him so there's the the basis you can't please a god that you don't believe in and aren't committed to but then he goes on and says for he who comes to god must believe i think that's Mm. the the word that emphasized must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so that commitment to be diligent about our seeking god i believe is important in order to please him or else we will we'll treat god almost profanely we'll take something holy and make him unholy or or right. or treat him without the due regard that's due him and so to diligently seek god it means to give him the energy the Give him the commitment uh, it takes to put him in a proper place.
0: Okay. When I look at some of the definitions of mm-hmm. diligence, um, some of the words that that are that speak out to me uh, from the Bible definition is to search out, to investigate, and to crave. The word to crave... You know, I think about with uh, somebody right now. It's July; and it's a hot day, and so when you are out there for hours and you haven't had a drink, you crave water, which is a lot different than if you're in an air conditioned room and right. you know, casually sipping a carbonated water beverage. beverage. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? So, diligence that craving for God. Right. Yeah, it, it it implies a lot
1: of energy. In fact, the other translations, the NIV translates it earnestly seek him uh the amplified version says earnestly and diligently and uh the new the new uh some of the newer translations say truly want to find him Mm. you know and and that's that's really important in psalms in 145 verse 18 says the lord is near to all who call upon him to all who call upon him in truth he will fulfill the desire of those who feel fear him he will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all those who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. Well, the very first verse there, he is near to all who call upon him. You know, we, we need to, to desire, to earnestly commit to learning and growing closer to God. Yeah. And, and so that's why those other translations, whenever it says truly want to find, find him, and draw near to Him. That's something. That's something we we must do. In fact, I think it's one of the first things we must do. In Matthew six and verse twenty-five through thirty-three, but seek first the kingdom of God. Right. You know, in His righteousness, right. and all these things will be added unto you. The the other issues of life flow kind of from our commitment to getting to know our God and putting our knowledge of Him. Uh, first in our lives, and so that means kind of giving him some focused attention, giving him some priority, if you will.
0: You know, Matthew 6, that whole chapter, uh, one of the great sections is don't worry about some of those smaller things, what you're going to eat and drink, and God's going to provide. If you seek him first, if you diligently seek him, then all these things are going to be added to you. Uh, Great intro, so let me ask this, Now that I want to seek him diligently, you know, maybe I've listened to this message and heard that verse in Hebrews 11, verse 6, and I want that too. I want to seek him diligently. How would you suggest I go about doing that? How could I start today diligently seeking God? Well,
1: there's, we can know God from an, in a natural sense that, as David says, whenever you look to the stars and say that they declare the glory of god right i think we can look at the design of of things and know a little bit about the designer through them you know does he have symmetry does he have harmony does he have beauty well everything in the in the creation testifies that our god is amazing and he's mm-hmm. how complex he is. So indeed, the heavens do declare the handiwork of God. So we can get to know him naturally. But getting to know God in a, through his revelation, his word, is very significant. Um, we, you know, that motivation to spend time in study, to spend time with his revelation of his will. And the very nature of the law isn't just getting to know law. Right. We get to know the person behind the law. We get to know righteousness uh-huh. and unrighteousness through that. We get to know uh, God's will by his character, and, and those things bring us to, to seek to know God better. So we, we, we've got to make a commitment to go through just a casual acknowledgement of the natural design of mm-hmm. God to getting to know the supernatural through the revelation of his word god breathes second Timothy 3 16 17 right you know we get to know him through the scriptures so that means spending some time with that notice uh in Malachi 1 verse 6 through 8 you offer the blind uh and the sick it, 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 he said there was these people who they weren't diligent in their desire to know him their worship was such as yeah we got to worship God so they offered him the blind and the sick sacrifices they offered him the refuge, that things that they would not offer their governor as he says right and he said that's not acceptable to God we've got to be somebody who gives God diligence as we we started out with so in Matthew 6 uh, 19 through 24 no man can serve two masters or else he'll uh, you know love the one and hate the other one you, if we're, if God's God serve him you know spend right. some time getting to know him uh revelation 3 verse 14 through 17 once again speaks to that effort that we put into it and says i know your works that you're neither cold nor hot you know so we need to be hot about this we need to not be lukewarm we need to be committed and that means spending some time and i think that's the that's the key effort to to what i think we need to do first um in psalm 70 Three, I think there's a implication there, but it's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all your works. It's good for me to draw near. So that means we need to set time aside to get to know God. Right. And not just say, I'm getting to know God through my experience in the world. Well, we need to spend some time, and I think not necessarily in our head, but we need to spend some time wrapping our mind up serving god with our heart and soul and mind and getting to know him through his word and meditating on his word and that brings us to this to the level of knowledge uh, of god uh, not only intellectually but with our whole heart
0: okay so if i want to seek god diligently it can't be half-hearted it's got to be wholehearted and you know one of the first things you can do if you're spiritually low to get back up again is to pick up the word and seek God wholeheartedly and not just half heartedly, you know, letting the Bible collect dust on your tabletop.
1: And that especially true whenever it comes to an amount of faith. I think in some way you say, well, well the Bible doesn't speak of the amount of faith. Yes, it does. He taught, he would po- Jesus, whenever he was here, he would point to someone and said, Oh, you old little faith. Or he would point to someone, No greater faith have I seen in this place or in that place. You know, the point is Jesus talked about amount of faith. Mm-hmm. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Right. And if you're weak in the faith, if you have a little faith, if it's not strong, then you have to feed on that, which God says will give it strength, give it presence and build you up. And the same thing is true with the presence of God, diligently drawing near to him. I think that, A lot of whenever we're talking about near to God or away from God, that's that's a lock, a locative kind of sense, a location. And we leave God in churches, we Mm. you know, we left him there on Sunday, right? Or we leave him with our Bibles closed and we don't practice his presence Uh in our lives. And so, you're absolutely right. I believe one of the things that is a spiritual discipline that we've got to get into our lives is practicing the presence of God I think practicing the presence thanking him for things that we need to thank him for um, uh, actively being grateful and uh, uh, people that are not ungrateful as it would say would come in the last days but of people who are thankful and appreciative it means being aware of the presence of God being aware of his blessings and
0: being aware of his love for us well, I feel like I'm as guilty of it as anybody might be. It's easy to forget that he's there. And it's really easy to act on your best behavior on Sunday when you're around people <laughs> of like precious faith. But, right,
1: they remind you of his uh-huh. presence. But...
0: Right, but when you're on your own, sometimes it can be challenging. So that is an act of discipline to know that God is there. Uh, if we're diligently seeking God, uh, we talked a little earlier about putting God first. I'm wondering if you could comment on uh, some of the scriptures that talk about Uh, that there's not any room for putting him second, you know, uh, ways that we can actively make him first in our life.
1: Um, It reminds me of Jesus' statement in Matthew 10, uh, verse 37, he who loves mother or father or father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Um, In in that kind of a passage, I know it sounds kind of a harsh passage, where Jesus is demanding attention more than those who, really should insist upon our, our, uh, attention and in our relationship with our mother and father. Mm -hmm. But Jesus isn't saying there that we should hate them, you know, or, or really despise them in any way. He's just saying in the, in the prior and things in the ranking of our priorities, that Jesus has got to come first. And if we, in our lives, um, think of pleasing our mother and father, how much more so should we not think of, of pleasing our spiritual mother and father mm-hmm. more? So he who loves mother or father our father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. If Jesus is just saying, how, how important is God in your life? I, I, I talked to a young man, believe it or not, from uh, prison one time and he said the thing that made a difference to him was a question that i asked him and i said what question was that and he said i i I had asked him how big his god was i said Hmm. how big is your god you know and he said well i never had been asked that you know and i said well you your god is too small if he's not worthy of your attention and not worthy of your commitment Uh you have a too small you have a god that that just stays in church or God who just stays in a book or God who just doesn't demand much. But the true and living God is a living active presence every day, every moment, uh, all the time. Mm. And, uh, I said, how big is your God? And he said, I wanted my God to be big and I wanted my God to be great. And I said, well, he is, he just, you're just not acting like he is, (laughs) (laughs) you know? and he really changed his life and like i said he was in prison and he got out of prison and he started preaching and, and i thought that was really good wow and so the thing the thing that happens i think with us is that we're so distracted and because god is a is a god of faith and a, a god that we have to to draw near to right we neglect him yeah and we fail to understand his his insistence in our lives so the spiritual discipline of practicing the presence of god is our drawing near to him correct location that locative sense is god in our house is god in us with us when no one else is around is god there i mean that's how you draw near to god as you practice being in the presence of god and if god is far away then that
0: that's not good and the mindset of putting him first and not second is a valuable discipline as well. If I can share this, um, when we lived in Southeast Asia, one of the arguments that we commonly encountered among that worldview, the the, the Buddhist worldview, was, uh, "Why be a Christian when Christians hate their parents?" Which is a misapplication of that scripture, you know. The but the thought was that, that Christians. Uh, don't respect mom and dad, and uh, our faith does, so don't be like them. And we really had to emphasize that proper mindset of putting God first. And we would, kind of like I told you earlier, uh, we would share with people that by putting God first, I'm able to love my family members and my friends best, the best way possible. And I tell that to my kids even to this day. I tell them that I love God first. I love God the most. I love him more than anyone else. And that doesn't mean that I hate or despise you or anyone, but rather God teaches me how to be a better father uh-huh. or a better husband. And because I seek him first, I improve as a husband and a father. If I didn't seek him first, then my other relationships would suffer as well. So it's kind of food for thought on exactly. that, that principle. Right. but there's the blessings are abundant and overflowing. you know God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him and I think one of the ways we can be rewarded is in our relationships they improve when we seek God first.
1: right yeah well he says you'll have the blessings not only of this uh, not only in the life to come but in this life as well not only now but in the in the later as well. So you get both whenever you serve God acceptably.
0: So far, I'm learning that we can, if we seek God first, we're going to diligently seek him. And if we seek him with all of our heart, uh, then there's another way that I can start diligently seeking him today. Is there any other scriptures or points you'd like to make on that? How can I diligently seek God?
1: No, I think that um, in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 through 9, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Those, the uh that kind of commitment you know even causes us to find our our enlar- enlarges our ability to love mm-hmm. i guess is a better way to put it right when i love god then i'll love my wife like christ loved the church right i'll love my husband like the church loves christ uh-huh. and all those are in ephesians 5 so we find ourselves being able to even love our enemies which is ah. difficult because the bible tells us that jesus while we were yet enemies christ died for us correct so, from romans 5 so that ability to love is is stretched and it grows mm-hmm. whenever we obey god and we try to draw near to him we will love our mother and our father. We will love our children. We will love our neighbors. We'll even love our enemies mm-hmm. and seek their welfare. So loving God is drawing near to him. And it's not separating the hatred, the self-will and, and other kinds of things. Those are the things that make separation, but not obedience to Christ. He teaches right. us how to even love enemies while we were yet sinners. He died for us. So we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart. And Exodus 20 says... For I, your Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Mm. Well, the word jealous can be used negatively and positively. Right. uh, Just like the word anger can be used negatively and positively. You know, the anger of man does not promote the righteousness of God. But then the Bible says the Lord is angry with some things and with wickedness and evil. And so it is with jealousy. It's not that God uh, is jealous and doesn't want us to love anybody else. Just the opposite. If we love God, we'll love right those people even who are supposedly give us no reason to love them. So drawing near to God means drawing trying to imitate his character uh-huh. and trying to draw draw close to him and
0: we'll find his approval by
1: imitating his love.
0: I noticed in some of the notes here that a way that we can diligently seek Him, is to strive to please Him. And help me make sense of, I guess, that phrase, uh, pleasing God. Uh, how, how's that going to help me diligently seek Him, to please Him?
1: Many look at God in, in a list of do, do's and don'ts. Right. But they, you know, does this, will this be pleasing to my wife or not? You know, I could kind of know what pleases her and what doesn't please her. And I could probably anticipate, because I know her, Mm -hmm. uh, about those things that she might not find well-pleasing to her, you know, coming home late or not being courteous and not, you know, a lot of those things. Right. Well, spiritually, in our walk with God, there's a parallel there. I think we can sense through the scriptures and, and be edified through the scriptures to find out not just what his law says and see how close we can get to the edge of either violating it right. or disobeying God. I don't want to disobey, but I sure would like to see how close I can get to disobey. <laughs> That's not drawing near to God. Right. That's not right. diligently seeking Him. So the opposite kind of behavior is what we're, what we're talking about today uh-huh. in that what moves us to become closer to God is not trying to see how close we can come to not loving God okay. or doing those things which do not please Him. We should strive to ascertain from scriptures what it is that pleases God. If it, all I need to do have is a hint that something is pleasing to Him, and that should be enough to motivate us to go in that direction. So,
0: uh, and to never stop too. You know, right. if whatever pleases Him, I'll improve at it, and I won't reach a point where I'll say, "Well, I did that now, I'm done. I never have to do it again." All right. You know, the example of of your wife. Uh, uh, being courteous or not showing up late. If I did it one time, if I was courteous one time, I'm not going to you know check that off the list. <laughs> well, honey, I was courteous, so now I get to be as rude as I want for the rest right, of my life. Right, Pleasing mm-hmm. means that, that continual service and, and, and improving in it.
1: In James 4, notice how he says here in verse 4, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Ooh. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God or do you think that the scriptures uh, speak to no purpose he jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us but he gives us a greater grace therefore it says God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble submit therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee to you flee from you but notice verse 8 draw near to God Mm. and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Mm. There's the double-mindedness. You know, we try to please the world and please God. We try to please God in Sunday. You know, on, right. We try to please God when we're with other Christian friends. Uh-huh. We try, But then whenever those people aren't around, when those supports aren't around, are we drawing near to God at those private times when we should be praying and mm-hmm. thankful and and counting our blessings and and maybe even serving him in unseen ways, you know, giving a cup of cold water to someone who has needs, helping out right. And so the motivation for that comes whenever God says, "Purify your hearts, I'd like if you're going to draw near to me, let's try to give give me your whole life a whole sacrifice. Mm-hmm. you know so
0: mm-hmm. you know there, there's that that improvement of uh, pleasing him, of drawing near to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I th- think about that, one of the questions that some people ask, you know, if if we're to say, you know, we we seek Him diligently by doing the things that please Him, a skeptic or somebody who's questioning their faith might say, "Why would God want us to please Him?" You know, if this is an infinite, all-knowing God that doesn't need anything from us, but still wants us to please Him, it kind of sounds like somebody who's very egotistical or self-centered. And I say that very. Uh, I don't say it lightly uh, obviously I respect the lord and and I don't believe that, but there are some who do so how how would you encourage Christians who um, are telling others, Hey, let's please God' and somebody might respond skeptically about why should does God desire to be pleased? What would you say?
1: When a parent loves their child, they want what what's best for their child and they don't want their child to experience pain and suffering and other kinds of things right? and so a parent often asks a child in a a direct way saying you know do you trust that i love you do you trust that i care for you whenever i give you parameters whenever i tell you no do you trust that i have your interest at heart and uh of course many atheists in the world are people who who bristle against the intrusion of god's will and their will Mm -hmm. you know um, they they would like to accuse God of being egotistical and self-willed and even, I've heard him called selfish. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think that the perspective we've got to look at this as is that God really does have our interest at heart, and sometimes he doesn't explain all of the consequences of evil, all the consequences of sin, right. and all of the the uh, dominoes would fall, if you will, in, in a multiple things happen whenever you sin sin leads lawlessness leads to further lawlessness Romans right. 6 cha- chapter says and so because God doesn't have time i think in some in in our uh, to explain all the nuances of every sin right. he just says i want you to serve me and when you serve me you'll find that my yoke is easy and my burden is light amen and the things that i ask you to do aren't really um, super hard for you, but we don't understand that a lot of times those things that God asks us to do are beneficial for us. Right. And the, the hidden blessings that come from serving God, um, in second Corinthians five, verse nine, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to him. I think we we've got to make, we've got to understand that Christianity is a, first of all, puts him and appreciation of him at the forefront of why we do what we do we don't do it just for the blessings we do it because of all that he has done for us that's the argument of romans the first few while we were yet sinners christ died for us so learning that this behavior that god calls for us to do this nearness that god draws us to him there is a lot of benefits to being in the presence of god there's a lot of benefits to being near him that he doesn't take time to explain in depth sometimes, but he just wants us to know uh, and find out what's pleasing him. It's not about God's ego. Mm-hmm. Whenever everything's said and done, I think what we're going to discover is is that the things God asks of us are mostly for our benefit, right? not his. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think it does honoring him does benefit
0: us as as simple as the analogy may be it's used a hundred times when the parent tells a child not to play in the street mm-hmm. and the child really wants to mm-hmm. it's for his benefit yeah. it's not to ensure the parents personal ego or happiness but for the yeah. blessings and safety of that child not being squished like a pancake yeah
1: It's like a child about to stick a a (laughs) knife into an outlet, you know, an electrical outlet, and you say, don't do that. Oh, this is all about you domineering (laughs) me, you know. You go, well, you can think that, but (laughs) you might find out that that's not necessarily (laughs) the case. Correct.
0: Oh, man. Well, let me uh, ask. sum it up so far. Um, In order to diligently seek him, some of the things I'm taking away is that I want to seek him first. I want God as my first love. I want to seek Him with all my heart, not just half-heartedly you know on Sundays, but you know every day is a great opportunity for me to seek Him. I want to please him. That means to use my life to better know God's will and improve in my ability to obey because of what he's done for me. And um, I guess a, a final question I might ask is uh has has God made any promises? to those who do seek him. Are there any scriptures that you'd like to share that will maybe help enhance uh, what God has promised whenever we diligently seek him? Well, those
1: times whenever God does open up and say there's blessings in doing this, notice in Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So he's saying, whenever you begin to seek me, you may wonder, are you going to find me? And he says, yes, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart, if you give diligence to this effort, you're going to find a real blessing. You're going to get to know me. You're really are going to get to know me. And there's a blessing to that. In Matthew 7, he just makes it simple. Seek and you will find. Knock hmm. and it'll be opened. Right. And, you know, and he just says, go in this direction and you'll be surprised at what happens, uh-huh. you know, so to speak. But, James 4 and verse 8, I think, is a promise that is really worth worth embracing. He said, draw near to God and he will draw nigh to you.
0: Mm.
1: Well, God is not so far away when we began seeking him and he begins to draw near to us. Right. Then we find this distance, this distance is closing quickly because he's coming our direction as well. Mm-hmm. And that is just wonderful to know. Uh, those who seek the Lord last, uh, lack no good things, Psalms 34 says. There are many other passages, but we, we do it bef- because God is who he is. And okay. either God's God or not choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Either we serve ourselves. We make ourselves God. Right. Or we acknowledge who God is and we draw close to him. And there is nothing negative that comes from drawing close to God. But we do, we're told by God to draw near to him. Why? I think the main thing, the the reason why we're even talking about this is because God is above a creation and we walk by faith. And because we walk by faith, he's not in our face demanding our attention like everything that we can see. That's right. Everything that we can taste and Uh touch that is in this world. And sometimes we need to tell, if there's a creator for all these things, if there's a design here, if there, if there is a God, then live life in such a way that we're drawing close to him and not allowing our environment to draw us away from practicing an acknowledgement of our creator.
0: Well, that's a great place for me to, um, uh... In this conversation, but I always like to give one more opportunity in case there's something we missed. Is there something that you feel is important to the conversation uh, before we close it out, maybe we haven't talked about yet, about diligently seeking God?
1: You know, if I say I love God and, and don't do it, then that's that's something, and don't, and it doesn't affect me, then my words are meaningless. Right. And I think the same thing is true with drawing near to God. It isn't just an emotional nearness it's something that we really got to spend some time and effort drawing near to God, going in that direction. So every day, I think we need to try to get to know God better. We need to try to ask ourselves if we love God more, if we're helping our children love God more, if we're helping our wife and our friends love God more, pointing out the virtuous things that he does. We need to serve God more and, and just ask ourselves if we're really, in a measurable way, drawing closer to God. So maybe just by taking some self-assessment and saying, this last week, am I drawing near to God? This last month, am I drawing near to God? Or am I getting farther away from Him?
0: Well, brother, thank you very much for coming to the studio today. Uh, I'm motivated in ways that maybe I wasn't 40 minutes ago to diligently seek Him. And I'm thankful for your uh, conversation. Now you're about to hold a gospel meeting in Cleburne, Texas. Uh, do you have any other gospel meetings coming up in uh, the next few months ahead that that we can buzz out on our uh. through the <laughs> platform that I operate? Well, you can. I put well, you on the spot, didn't I? <laughs> I would like it.
1: No, I'd like you to pray for them. But Lord willing, uh, in two weeks I'll be in Kenai, Alaska, preaching up wow. there, and so I don't I'm, think
0: I'm going to make a road trip. <laughs> From Dallas, <laughs> Texas, up there. <laughs> Sorry, well, brother. <laughs> the
1: brethren up there listen to your podcast. I know oh, that. Wow, good. So, uh, Lord willing, we'll will be up there. But uh, if everyone would pray about, it, just pray for not only me as a uh, or our others, but pray for the gospel all over people in the world. Our world is getting darker, and people are not drawing near to Him. And so, let's pray and and do what we can to maybe help others draw near to him as
0: well. That's a great way to end it. Thank you very much for coming on. God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. For those of you out there who are listening to the podcast, I would ask you, please subscribe. It lets me know that this podcast is meaningful and helpful, and the analytics from it help me know uh, what direction I should be going with the podcast. So if you listen on SoundCloud or on iTunes, please subscribe to the podcast. It's helpful for me. There are a lot of free resources for you to look at and utilize at pureandsimplebible.com. There are study series, uh, workbooks, there are downloadable. Uh, correspondence course and quizzes That you can use with friends Check it out sometime at www.pureandsimplebible.com And until next time This is Jonathan Edwards Always remember God loves you very much And I do too Lord willing See you next week Well I'm here to tell you a story A story that is true how about a judge by the name of Gideon, he was a man like me and you.